Okay, today I'm going to talk to you about something that we haven't talked a whole lot about here at Christ Center, but it actually is a pretty uh, common thing that happens, and that, that subject today is I'm going to talk about deliverance. Um, so uh, let me just jump right in with a testimony. Um, I was born into a Christian home, so my mommy and my daddy both acknowledged Jesus. In fact, the uh, first book that I learned to read was Genesis, and the first word that I learned to spell out was in, as in in the beginning. And that is not a lie, that is the truth. The second word that I learned was the, beginning was harder, so it was like sixth grade before I got them, just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> So I was raised in a Christian home, and early on, I've shared this testimony with you guys before, there was, uh, I had some serious night terrors for a season of life when I was fairly young, and these uh, these two demons would come at night, and they would visit me and wake me up in the middle of the night, I'd be sleeping, and I would wake up with just this presence palpable presence of what I could only explain as darkness and fear. And I would open my eyes and there'd be these two dudes standing at the bottom of my bed with like big hoods on. You couldn't see their faces. It was just darkness. It was like, it was like any horror movie you would watch, except for my mommy didn't let me watch no horror movies. So I didn't know to picture this. This just was happening. And I'd just be sitting there being like, like waiting for my body to wake up so I could scream. And, uh, and eventually I'd be like, mama, you know, cause how come nobody calls for dad, by the way? Like just kind of hurts my feelings that the kids don't. Anyway, we'll get to that later. That's not this story. Here's the deal. I call for my mom. My mom would come running and, and she'd be like, what's going on? And I'd say, there's this enemies here. We would pray and they would leave. She couldn't see them, but I could see them. And after this happening several nights, she eventually taught me to resist the devil. She told me about that scripture, submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee. And then she showed me that scripture as well, For greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So she said, look, Christ in you is bigger than those things. They're scary and they are bigger than you, but Christ is in you and he's bigger than them. So when they come next time, just like Michael said when he was disputing with Satan over the body of Moses, the Lord rebuke you. You don't need to call him names. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be big stuff. You have Jesus in you. You simply say, the Lord rebuke you. Go away in Jesus' name. So I'm all ready to go, and so they show up the next night or so, and sure enough, there they are, and I've got ready. I've got my, I've got my tools at the ready. They showed up, and I'm like... <laughs> Like, so I couldn't talk. I'm like, just, and I just said, Jesus, that's all I got out. And poof, they left. They never came back. Isn't that awesome? So that was my first, like, encounter with demons that were outside of me. They weren't in me. They were just coming at me, right? Just having an encounter with the enemy, bringing fear and dealing with that. Now, I still dealt with the enemy at other times in other ways in an external way. And how many here, just raise your hand, how many of you guys see in the spirit, like have ever seen a demonic presence? Or Put your hand up real high. How many of you have seen like a demonic presence? Yeah. Okay. How many of you have seen an angel? Put your hand up for those of you that have seen angels. I actually have not. A few of you. Put your hands back up. I want to see. All right, you've seen some angels. That's so cool. I want to see. Okay, that's not true. I did see an angel one time. But anyway, so these things are real. These are a part of the kingdom. There are angels. There are demons. Cool. That's just part of it. All right? So some of us see those things. A lot of times you don't see what's going on in the spirit. Just because something's going on in the spirit doesn't mean we always see it. But some do see certain things at certain times. So I, I, I learned how to grapple with those particular spirits, those two that used to afflict me at night. They never came back. 
Uh, but I would see things from some to time, time to time and resist them. However, there was something that went on, and even though I was a believer, um, and I didn't believe at that time that a believer could have any kind of critters in their house. I didn't, if you have Jesus in you, then how could you be, quote, demon-possessed? How many of you guys have ever heard that term, demon-possessed? Let's just start with that one. That is such an unfortunate translation of that word where it says that. In the Bible, it has several different ways that it refers to handling demons. Some, it says, oppressed by the devil. Great translation, oppressed by the devil. Um, um, Afflicted is one, had been in bondage is another one. And then there is this word, demonazamai, and that's the one that gets translated demon-possessed, which is a terrible translation, honestly. A better translation that would be more literal is demonized, meaning afflicted by the enemy. Let me put it to you like this, because the truth is, I want to say it like this, as a believer, who lives inside of you? Jesus, right? And when Jesus baptizes us, after we've been baptized with water, what does Jesus baptize us with? the Holy Spirit. So we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we have Christ in us. So how in the world can I have Christ in me and be possessed by the devil? Are you with me? That is an unfortunate translation. I want to put that to rest right now. That's not a great translation. However, you can be a believer and still be dealing with demonic things that are in your house. Okay? If, if, if this is a temple, and we are, by the way, guys, we are a temple, it is still possible, in fact, we see this in scriptures, I'm going to show you, that demons could be in your house, they don't run the house, they don't possess you, they don't get to control you. How many of you know you have a free will? They don't control your will, but they can certainly be messing with your deal, messing with your life. And so this was something that I experienced for all of my childhood up into my early 20s. And so it progressed, and the key things for me was terror, just unreasonable anxiety and pressure, shame and terror. It, just, it would just be there. And then, and then as time went on, and this is part of my testimony that I've shared with all of y'all, uh, sexual addiction came into there. Well, that opened up some horrible doors in my life, and there was just, from the time I was very little, these horrific scenes that would come to me long before I had seen anything like that, this stuff would come and afflict me and I'd have to resist this stuff. Like, ugh, no, I don't, no, what is this? And I, I didn't know, I thought it was me. I just thought, honestly, I am so broken and sick. Like, what is happening? Now, I had those scriptures, take every thought captive to the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? We, we have our weapons are warfare and mighty for the tearing down of strongholds and everything that lifts itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I would do battle, I would resist these things, but man, they just kept coming back. They would just keep coming back. And here's the problem, they're getting worse. So I'm getting into my 20s, it's not getting better, guys. It's getting worse. It got to the point where I wouldn't look, how many, you, know, you know when in the middle of the night you get up and you gotta go, you gotta go tinkle, to use the scientific uh, term. And so you go in the bathroom, you know, and you're like, I ain't got time for flipping lights on and stuff, I'm just gonna go in here. Well, I didn't do that because if I looked into the mirror, I would see a whole lot of things that weren't me. I couldn't look in a mirror at night because there was so much going on and I would see it at night in the mirror. So I'd just flip the light on every time. Grown man flipping that light on so I wouldn't look in the mirror and get terrified by the stuff that was going on. So it was just, it was just growing and this, this broken, horrific things were going on and they're just coming at me, coming at me. So finally in 2000, 
early uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, late, late 90s, early 2000s, then I began the journey of dealing with these critters that were living in my house. And I began to realize and find that these things did have access to my life. They had been living in my house, but I was not powerless. In Christ, I could get rid of them. So I began a process of getting rid of them, and it brought a freedom and a peace that I had never experienced before. Now, after I got rid of the critters, I got them out. Then I had to learn new habits to make sure I keep them out. So there was definitely the second stage of building new habits, because how many of you guys know you do something a certain way long enough, even though you get rid of the old, the old uh, reason who taught you doesn't mean you're not still doing it. So that's been a process. So that's part of my testimony that I want to share with you guys. So how many of you guys know that your senior pastor used to be demonized when he was young? So this is new. So we're all experiencing new things today. You're not encouraged. Well, I'm free now. I'm free now, guys. You're looking at me. Whew, what's next? Yes, he's still good. So let me share some scriptures with you because I, I want to unpack this for you. Um, but I wanted to share my testimony just in case you guys were just like, whoo, I don't want you to skip past this. This is something that gets missed, uh, specifically in the Western church, because we live in a, such a materialistic, secular society that a lot of our thought actually forgets to even take into account the reality of the Spirit, even though the Scriptures say that the invisible is eternal, and it speaks, the physical speaks of the invisible. God is Spirit, and His worshipers will worship Him in spirit and truth that our weapons of warfare are mighty and we don't battle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places. This is an important part of our spiritual walk because if we don't know that there is an enemy and that he can try and is trying to get access to our lives and we don't resist him, we'll be doing a whole lot of things and missing out on the abundant freedom that we can have, the peace that we can have through Christ because we actually don't even know that the enemy is ripping us off and we think it's something else. In Mark uh, chapter 16, verses uh, 15 through 17, Jesus says this, and, and uh, this is also Matthew 28, is the same space. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. In Mark it says, he then said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe and the first one he says is, this is Jesus speaking, in my name they will drive out demons. So the very first fruit of the gospel of the kingdom is that when Jesus shows up, he displaces the enemy. Somebody say amen. amen. Isn't that awesome? He displaces those illegitimate leaders that have been holding us in darkness and captivity, messing with our lives, messing with everything that we are, and God shows up and displaces the enemy. In Luke 10, verses 17 through 20, Jesus, when he sent the 72 out, it says they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So they're excited. And he replies, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. That's symbolic for demons. And to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. However... Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You guys, the enemy is tiny compared to Jesus Christ. And he's saying, in fact, I know that you're going and bringing freedom. You're casting demons out of people. That's awesome. 
He's like, you thought that was something cool. I'm telling you what you didn't see is as you went out and did what I commanded you to do, Satan got tossed out of heaven. Principalities got knocked out of governmental places when you obeyed me. But I'm telling you, don't get excited about that. That's great. That'll happen because I've commanded that to happen. I've commanded you to do that. But here's what I want you to rejoice in. Your name is written in the book of life. You're going to live forever and know me. Keep the first thing first. We don't want to get impressed with the devil, all right, guys? And we don't want to get impressed with ourselves when Jesus is beating him up while we're co-laboring. Amen? So we stay humble. So how does this work? How does this work? Well, let me, I want to unpack this a little bit on us being houses, temples of the Holy Spirit, and I want you to catch this idea, too, of displacement, right? When Jesus comes in, he displaces the enemy. When the light comes in, what does darkness have to do? It's got to flee. So light has come into us. The darkness has to be displaced. It's immediately displaced. When, when we deal with something where it's an enemy has been living in our house, we displace it. Let me show you how this works. Luke eleven twenty four. this is Jesus speaking. He's talking about casting out demons, and he says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest, and it doesn't find it. And then it says, I'll return to the house I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. And then it goes and it takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Are you guys encouraged by the scripture? <laughs> here's, here's the reason why I'm sharing this with you. Jesus is saying, look, make sure and kick the demon out, but don't leave your house empty. Don't leave your house unoccupied. So what's the point of this? The point of this is, how do we make sure not to end up worse than before? Invite Jesus in and shut the door. You kick the enemy out, but you invite Jesus into that space, into that place, into those rooms where those demonic things have been living, and you displace the enemy. Now, when the enemy wants to come back, he finds the door shut, and he finds the Holy Spirit living in the room where he used to hang out. Are you with me? Now, here's the thing. The scriptures talk about several different aspects of, you know, sometimes it says there was a deaf and dumb spirit and, and, he, and he cast out that spirit and that person was able to speak. That doesn't mean every time somebody is deaf or dumb that they have a demon. But in that situation, there was a demon that was causing that person to be deaf or dumb. And Jesus displaced that enemy and set that guy free and he was able to speak and hear. He's constantly and consistently dealing with that. In other places, it says there was a, a young person that was oppressed by the enemy and would often the spirit would come upon them not from in them, but upon them, and they would throw themselves in the fire and hurt themselves, and Jesus rebuked that, that spirit, and it left. Here, here's what I want to encourage you with. If the devil, if the enemy is in you, get him out. If he's on you, get him off. If you've got him out, keep him out. It's that simple. It's that simple. We don't need to get hung up on, well, how, how many demons are in me? At what point is there a tipping point where then they're running the show? Blah, blah, blah. Here's all you need to know. If they're in, get them out. If they're out, keep them out. Jesus Christ has all authority. And we have power in Christ to command those things to leave. 
And what we want to do is if they're out, really what we look at is, is doors. We're a house, right? Jesus says, do you not know you're a temple of the Lord? Do you not know you're a house, right? You're a house for the Lord. He desires to live in us. In fact, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, John 17, right here. My prayer is not for them alone. This is when he was praying for the disciples. And then he switches and he's praying for us. This is Jesus speaking. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us, guys. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe you that you've sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Now listen to this. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Where's Jesus? In us. He desires to dwell in us. He wants us to share his glory carrying the presence of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit everywhere we go filled with his glory co-laboring with what he's doing. How many demons does he want in the house with him? None, okay? So he fills us, that's his desire. You know who else wants to fill us? Who's the spirit? Satan and his demons. They wanna do it. They don't have, they don't, they're, they're not supposed to be there, but they wanna be there, they hate you. They hate you because they hate the Father. And so they seek to do the same thing. They wanna fill us, they wanna influence us, they wanna lead us, and they wanna use those things for their own design and desire, which is darkness, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We see that all over. You don't have to wonder about what it looks like when we're under the influence of the wicked one, do we? But God asks then, let me in. The thing I love about God too, well, so many things. But I was thinking about Jesus when he's speaking to the churches. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens the door to me, I will come in and my father and I will sup with them. I will, we'll eat, we'll hang out, we'll break bread, we'll be together. But Jesus doesn't bust into your house unless you open the door. The enemy tries to bust in your house if you leave the door open. All right? So we want to invite God in and we want to close the door behind us. And Christ displaces the enemy. Are you guys with me? All right. So, so if they're in, get them out. If they're out, keep them out. Now, if you and I open the door through sin or through a response to trauma, we can repent, we can ask for healing, repent if it's sin, ask for healing if it's trauma. Maybe it's a mix of both, it kind of usually is. And then we can close that door again. Are you with me? So if they're out, let's keep them out. James 4, 4 through 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's the last, that's, uh, that's verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's the displacement of the enemy. Do you see that? So, here are some common areas where we open doors. And, uh, and then I'm going to have, um, actually, our director of the Sozo Ministries come, and I'm, I'm going to interview her, and we'll unpack a little bit of what this looks like in real time. But here's a couple of doors that, I, that, that we see that are very common. And the number one door 
that the enemy comes in. Does anybody want to guess what the number one door is where the enemy comes into our life and has access to our lives? Any guesses? Who said that? Over here, what'd you say? Boom, give that woman the golden wreath. Okay, do we have any golden wreaths? Give that woman a free cup of coffee. All right, Matthew 18, unforgiveness. It's the, it's the number one door that we open up in our lives that allows the demonic access to us. Um, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he wasn't able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now, this is Jesus speaking, telling this story, okay? But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. So we got 100 silver coins versus 10,000 bags of gold. He grabs him and begins to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had that man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Jesus turns to us. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from the heart. If you and I are walking in unforgiveness, what we're saying is that Jesus Christ's payment through his body was not enough for that person. And when we do that, we forfeit the grace that we're receiving and we give Satan access to come into our life and begin to punish us for everything that we've done wrong. And he has a legal right to do it. The only reason we're standing is because of the mercy of God that was made available through the blood of Jesus Christ. In several other scriptures it says, well, what's the prayer of Jesus? Father, forgive those who've sinned against me. I'm sorry, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. It is absolutely predicated We are only forgiven if we forgive others. The minute that we won't forgive someone from the heart, Satan has access to enter your life and make you pay what you owe. And I can tell you, I can't afford it. And neither can you. Most of us open the door for the demonic in our life through unforgiveness. And I'll tell you this right now, just because I love you, but fake forgiveness doesn't trick the devil your little weird excuses and rules you make up to not actually forgive, he doesn't care. He comes right in the door. You're not fooling God and you're not fooling Satan. You might be fooling yourself and you might be fooling your neighbor, but God knows if you've forgiven from the heart. And if you haven't forgiven from the heart, just know the door's open and Satan has a right to start making you pay. It's of grave importance that we accept the grace from the Lord. Amen? I can't afford justice, guys. 
and neither can you. But I thank God for Jesus, that he gave justice and mercy. Amen? So that's the number one. I remember, Autumn, why don't you go ahead and come on up? Um, there's a microphone right there and bring it with you. I remember at one point I was, I was uh, helping a woman and we were going through some deliverance and she was just locked up. We couldn't get rid of it. And I kept having that come because oftentimes, you know, during a session, you'll ask, is there anybody that you need to forgive? It's so common. And she's like, no, I got nothing. I got nobody. I'm good. My heart's clean. And I'm like, all right. And we're continuing and it's just not leaving. It's not leaving. And I said, you know, I keep coming. Come right up here. This is my awesome sister, first and foremost, Autumn Seaborn. And then, and then second and foremost, I love saying that, is the director of the Sozo Ministry, and she's gonna walk us through um, some of what this looks like in just two seconds after I finish this little, little blurb here. As I'm working with this, with this woman, she's like, no, I'm good, my heart's good, I'm, I've forgiven everyone, I'm great. And I, I got a word of knowledge in that moment. All of a sudden, I just, the, the name Bob just popped into my head. Bob, of all names, right? And so I, I just turned to her and I just said, does the name Bob mean anything to you? And she just broke. And then we went through forgiveness and, and Bob was this person that had done some serious damage and, but it was like in that moment and then she was able to forgive and immediately that thing left. And she's like, oh my goodness, I, I have peace, I have freedom. I haven't felt this in years, it was incredible. So forgiveness is a major one. The second one that we see so often is fear enemy coming in through fear, another open door, rejection. Another one is anger, unresolved anger. And then lastly, and this one's very common too, is opening the door through sexual sin and lust. That these things open up the doors, and so when these things come on, then what we look is to say, okay, what is the Lord bringing up? How do we, we wanna repent from that, we wanna close that, we wanna tell that thing it has to leave, and we wanna close that door and invite Jesus into that area. It's very, very simple but it is profoundly powerful as Jesus Christ displaces the enemy and we invite him in and close the door. Amen? So Autumn, I'm excited yes. you're here. Thank you for being here. So I just introduced you. You're the director of Sozo. So let's start yes. there. Uh, what is the Sozo ministry? What is Sozo? Yeah. yeah. I love talking about Sozo. Um, so I'll just start. First, I think the best thing to do is to start with the word itself. Sozo means, it's a Greek word, and it means, or is translated into, um, just want to make sure I get this right, save, made whole, heal, and be whole. Um, it occurs 103 times in the New Testament, and it's used in scriptures where we see the word save most of the time. Um, the women with the issue of blood when uh, she touched Jesus's robe and he said, be of comfort because uh, your faith has made you whole. That word is sozo. Oh, awesome. Also, um, he sa Jesus says he came not to judge the world but to save the world and that word is sozo. Um, so the sozo ministry has just taken that name because we wanna join with Jesus to help everybody get healing and get freedom. There's, we're saved by Jesus and we are going to heaven. Right. But the Sozo ministry addresses layers of healing, much like what Joshua's been talking about, um, cleaning out rooms in our, in our house, um, not just of the demonic, but of lies and wounds, and you mentioned trauma. Um, there are several key things that we walk through in a Sozo. Um, one is typically lies that you've believed, 
um, finding out where that lie came from and who needs to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes you mentioned like God no, or the enemy knows if we're not actually forgiving from our heart. Sozo is a really good opportunity to address kind of what you just shared. Um, like this woman didn't realize that she hadn't forgiven or that she needed to forgive right. that person. And so sometimes when you come in, maybe you know you forgave the people that you are aware hurt you. Right. But during a sozo, God can sometimes bring up an aspect that you didn't forgive. Mm -hmm. um, so so there's freedom in that. It's not that I don't want to forgive. It's yeah. that maybe I think I did. Yeah. Maybe. But I still, the door's still open. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's one thing that I really love about the sozo ministry is the gentleness with which you can work through something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know you've forgiven them a hundred times, but then God reveals, oh, but there's this piece here that you're still holding back. So let me, let me, God, reaching out to say, let me help you with that All right. and forgive. So uh, if I were ahead. to get a sozo, yeah. what, would that, what would that look like? I mean, right, new language yeah. here. You're like, oh, a sozo. Um, but if I were to come to a ministry time with a sozo team, what, what would that look like? That would look like making an appointment, either online or um, with the office uh, people. <laughs> uh, make an appointment, and you come into the church. So we have a beautiful room that, um, that the team has made, uh, the team here, the pastors, have made really lovely. And um, we would invite you back. There's usually two members of the team who would sit with you. Um, I think it has more of a feel, even though it isn't, of, of just like sitting with somebody, like a counselor or somebody, just a trusted um, place where we only are going to work in an area where you're willing to work. We're not going to ask you to do anything that you don't want to do or dive into any areas that you're not ready to dive in. Also, um, we don't tell you what God is saying. So a lot of people come in saying, like, I don't hear from God. I don't think I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, within about half an hour to 45 minutes, uh, the sessions are about an hour and a half to two hours. Okay. But within, you know, even just sometimes 20 minutes, they're hearing from God because we can help. Um, we can help you see the areas where you have been hearing from God, but you just didn't know it. Right. And so all of a sudden, this person who says, I don't hear from the Lord is saying, oh, I just heard this. I just saw this. I felt this. And so it's not that they haven't been hearing from God. Maybe they didn't recognize right. the way that he was speaking in right. different ways. And you guys get to kind of facilitate yes. just recognizing like, oh, you just said this. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. that, I think that was the Lord. And they're like, absolutely sort of invited to believe that maybe he is speaking. Yes. I think a lot yes. of us do. Like we don't believe he's speaking. So I wouldn't know to expect that he might actually he, be speaking all yes. this time. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. that. And one of the things that um, I really love about hearing from God, well, let me just give a, let me back up and give a little bit of an example of like a sozo thing that might come up. Um, say you find yourself being afraid of the Holy Spirit, like, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to come on me and ask me to do something that I don't want to do. And that feels really scary. Right. But I know I'm supposed to trust. I'm supposed to have faith in God, but I'm actually really scared. So in that, I might have you ask the Lord a question like, well, is there a lie that I'm believing about the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. um, and he might say, well, yeah, that the Holy Spirit is going to make you do something that you don't want to do. Okay. And so then we would ask, like, well, where did you learn that lie? And this is, this is, a, this is a good example. Like, oh, well, actually, I, my so mom... So they genuinely will ask, yeah. Holy Spirit, where yes. did I learn that lie? Where did I learn that lie? And then you we wait for you to hear mm -hmm. 
And once you, and hearing, meaning like sensing, feeling, um, nobody usually hears audibly. Um, have you had anybody that's heard audibly? Uh, not in a sozo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> Although there's been some that have said, I've heard from God audibly once or twice, but right. they aren't okay. coming in trying to hear from God. But anyway. <laughs> so they get a picture So they get a, a picture or... of maybe a memory of maybe, for example, you know, being a kid and feeling forced uh, by their parent to, to do something they were uncomfortable with, or maybe they had an unpredictable mom or, you know, so then we kind of get that clue of like, oh, okay, so would you be willing to forgive your mom for being unpredictable? Mm. And so then we walk them through that. Probably not something they've thought to forgive their mom for. Right. Um, probably they had a great mom, and this is just one piece. Yeah. And so they forgive their mom and renounce the lie that, um, that Holy Spirit is unpredictable. And then it kind of opens up where they can receive the truth, which is the next piece, is asking Holy Spirit, what is the truth about you? Right. And then hearing... Or so we have a tendency to project onto God the yes. ultimate authority figure, Father, yes. Son, Holy Spirit, our experience with other authority figures, which right. begins with mom and dad and right. maybe big brothers right. and sisters and yeah. a boss. Yes. So most of that stuff is um, from earlier years mm-hmm. that you'll end up forgiving and then moving forward into a greater relationship uh, with the Lord, like hearing from him more clearly, believing the truth about who he is. Yeah. That's awesome. Which totally goes with what Josh was sharing, which is why I'm even here, is that displacing um, the lies with truth um, also can lead into displacing an actual demonic entity at times. Right. Because they're they're there lying the whole time. So so oftentimes there's there's very much a dovetailing between renouncing the lie, breaking agreement with that lie, right? Our weapons of warfare are mighty for the tearing down of strongholds. Stronghold being, this is something I believe for a very long time. And then anything that lifts itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So like you're renouncing that lie, that stronghold starts to crumble. And I know you've seen this, I mean, we did practice. But (laughs) um, uh, where sometimes the enemy will actually leave even as they're doing yeah. this. Yeah. So that displacement of truth, both the lie and sometimes even an entity is leaving. Yeah. Is, you guys have seen this happen. Yeah, yes. The, the handful of times that we have had um, where we sense that there needed to be an actual, what we would call a deliverance, mm-hmm. is on the tail end of all this truth filling that space Come on. Uh, where the enemy's been hiding. Right. And you know, he ha- the enemy has nowhere to go. Yeah. And so um, there can be a sense either by the person who's being ministered to or by us who are ministering and recognizing that, okay, well, let's, let's go ahead and just make this official because yeah. <laughs> it's already happening. Right. Um, and I'll walk the person through just taking authority over that demonic spirit and saying, you don't have, a, you don't have the right to speak to me anymore in Jesus' name. You have to go. And a lot of times they'll feel like a, a palpable lift mm-hmm. of... Um, that heaviness will just lift. Wow. And it's really awesome. That's awesome. You can see it on their face. So tell me a little bit about (laughs) your experience. Tell us a little bit about your experience um, of getting into this in the area of, you know, because we are focusing on deliverance as a part of this. Like it does certainly dovetail so much with inner healing. Yeah. um, And, uh, but there is a deliverance aspect. So yeah, share a little bit about your, 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 your journey. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to start with something that is kind of funny, when I first started um, the training to do Sozo, 
Um, I had gone to a training up in McMinnville where they were officially training how to do SOZO, and they were talking about, you know, if you encounter a deliverance in, in your SOZO, and I got really scared. And, <laughs> and I, I just kind of like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to deal with that. And so um, on the way home, you know, we had just, me and my team members that I was with had just learned a bunch of tools, and so we were in the back of the car, and I was sharing this fear with my team member, and she was like, well, let's go ahead and just use the tools and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I... Um, like, when you say tools, you're talking about, like, exchanging yeah, truth for a lie. Sorry, yes, yeah, yes, okay. exactly. Yes, these tools that I are actually I thought maybe they were mystical very, tools that will be for biblical. sale at the end of the sermon or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very biblical and true, <laughs> good <laughs> tools, which is just trading truth for, for lies. Anyway, um, so she walked me through, okay, well, you know, what's the lie I'm believing? And the lie is that was that I don't have what it takes to deal mm. with something like that. And mm. that sounds really, really scary. And so she said, well, where did you learn that lie? And I had a full-fledged memory <laughs> that I hadn't thought about in years and years and years of when I was about six years old. Um, my family and I had all gone to a church and a, 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 a woman came down, came into the church while the church was happening and uh -huh. she was clearly demonized. Right. Um, it, yeah, and it was really scary because I was six. <laughs> and some so she was acting weird. You could tell something yes, was off. She was, yeah, she was acting, she was speaking in a, like a guttural voice and she was coming down the, the center of the church towards the pastor, you know, saying things about God, negative mm -hmm. things about God. So it was clear that this something was, was yeah. yeah. And so some people took her and, into another room, including my mom, wanted to go and pray for her. And, um, of course, I'm six. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I hope mom's going to be okay, you know. Right. Then mom comes out, and we drive, we're driving home, and um, I hear, you know, some of the things that were going on. Right. Um, like, that, they, that the people were trying to cast the demon out by doing physical things, like making her drink oil or trying to make her throw up. And I'm thinking, this is really scary. And my mom is really sad because... I don't, she's like, I don't think she got free. I mean, right. she calmed down, but I don't think she got free. Yeah. And so, obviously, this memory is really clearly why yeah. I'm thinking, right. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so, I renounced the lie, because that, there was that memory. So, actually, I forgave the situation, like the church leaders, even my mom, who didn't, she didn't really do anything wrong, but I forgave her for... Um, being in a situation that scared me where she didn't have control. Right. Because um, as a kid, you think your parents should have control. Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting thing, too, <laughs> just as an aside, as we, yeah. is that sometimes we have to forgive a resentment. It doesn't even mean somebody necessarily did yeah. something wrong, but we're, we've still got a beef. Yeah. And there is, I have, I've experienced that, and I know a lot of people have experienced that, yeah. so it's like we, we sort of skip forgiveness because we're like, well, they didn't really do anything wrong. It's like, yeah, right. but you still were yeah. collateral damage. So yes. it's almost like I forgive you for how this happened to me. Yeah. And it's not assigning guilt, right. but it is a freedom because I've been holding a resentment, yeah. and they were involved. Absolutely. And so I, I did forgive my mom. Um, forgive the church for not knowing what to do, the church leaders, because when right. you're six, church leaders should know everything, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, Lord, what, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? Was the next question. <laughs> and, um, and 
Holy Spirit showed me a picture of himself, like in the form of a toolbox. And, and he just showed me in that image of like, that whenever I was in a sozo or whenever I was in a situation where something was gonna come up like this, that he had every tool that I needed and that he would know exactly which tool I needed. Right. So addressing that, or I mean, you know, just opening the toolbox and there would be the tool that I needed. Mm-hmm. But coupled with that image, because that's how God speaks to me a lot is in pictures, was this sense of relief and peace and confidence that I don't have to know everything right now. I don't have to study all this stuff about Mm -hmm. deliverance or demonology or any of that. Holy Spirit is the one that's the, has all the tools. And like you were saying, Jesus is way bigger. And I I don't have to figure all that out. Come on. So, (laughs) so I was like, okay, if, if this comes up in Sozo's, I'm prepared. And, and like I shared earlier, when it has come up, it's a very, very different experience than what right. I saw as a six-year-old. Yeah. I think, too, that was something that was probably a sign of the times in that. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, because there are times when someone is going through deliverance, it's very physical. I, I've had yeah. several different deliverance sessions as a part of my journey. A couple of them were yeah. pretty, you know, the, the old school term, right, is like manifesting, right? Something is happening physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them were actually very gentle. It was much yeah. more like, I'm, I'm exchanging that, and I could feel something lifting off of me. I could feel yeah. something leaving my house. Yeah. There was only a couple really early on mm-hmm. that kind of came out a little more kicking and screaming. I wasn't kicking and screaming, but it was, it yeah. was more. Um, yeah. So there's they're sort of like both, both yeah. aspects of that. But I remember in that season you know, that you're talking about, mm-hmm. kind of coming out of the 80s and the late 90s, there was almost an emphasis on if there's not a manifestation, if I can't mm-hmm. see it, if I can't hear it, mm-hmm. nothing happened. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's been unfortunate because there are times when it leaves with a yawn. Other times it might leave with a shriek, mm-hmm. but regardless, the point is we're looking for the fruit of freedom after it leaves. Mm-hmm. The enemy plays both sides of this. On one hand, it's like, this is big and scary. You don't have what it takes. Let me stay. On the other hand, it leaves quietly and then comes back and it's not in your house, but it's attacking you later and says, I never left. You're not free. Mm-hmm. And so the key point here is, right? If it's, if it's in, get it out. Yes. If it's out, keep it out. Yeah. And then we're looking for the fruits of the Spirit replacing it. Yeah. We've displaced it now with the Holy Spirit. And now where there used to be fear, I'm experiencing peace. Where yeah. there used to be... Right. Um, yeah. I guess I've kind of, maybe this might be a good segue. Um, so when people experience freedom, mm-hmm. um, you, you'd usually tell them a little bit about like that this might try to come back. Like, mm-hmm. is that, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you say to people? Yes, if somebody is walking through, um, we've walked through displacing the lies, receiving the truth from the Lord that's specific to that person and what they need to hear from God. Yeah. Um, and we've perhaps, um, I've walked them through re- rejecting or rebuking a spirit of fear, yeah. for example. Then I would say to them, this, this spirit of fear, like it is gone now. It has no place in your life. You've filled yourself with the truth of God and you, yeah. you, know, you have notes to take home and read through all those truths. Um, but you said you, you have notes. You guys are oh, taking yeah, notes sorry. of some of the <laughs> yeah. things that God's speaking. Yes. And they're sharing, like, I feel yeah. like the Lord's saying this or showing me that. And you guys yeah. take notes. Yes. And then you give them those notes to right. remind them what happened in that session. Yes. All the truths that God has spoken to you during a sozo, uh, we, we write down those highlights of what God is saying to you just for a reminder. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's really helpful. I've had a lot of sozos myself, and that part is really 
Very really cool. special. So yes, reminding them that here's the truths that the Lord spoke to you, and if the enemy, when the enemy tries to come back and speak to you, speak to you, which is uh -huh. different than actually you know oppressing you, um, just speak these truths. And um, like Joshua was talking about earlier, um, also it's a time. It's a good time to work on um, like put getting a new groove in your mind. You know, mm -hmm. new habits. So maybe if it was fear. There are things that you're, you're doing, whether you realize it or not, that are allowing fear. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's different. Everybody has different sensitivities, but um, it could be movies, it could be TV, it could be reading the news, it could be, um, you know, being, spending too much time on social media. I, it could be any of those right. things. But just asking the Holy Spirit to lead you through, what are new habits that I need to create? Yeah. Another avenue for that, if you've been in these habits for so long, is is counseling or mm -hmm. um, seeing, you know, counseling with pastoral staff or counseling with a therapist um, or walking through a self-help book. There's a lot of different ways. Um, so you don't see a conflict between deliverance and mental health care? No, not at all. Not at all. Because deliverance is spiritual and mental health care is, is your soul, your your mind and your emotions. Mm -hmm. There could be physical as well. If your um, uh, your chemicals are off, you know you might need to mm -hmm. be on some medication for a time. It's we are three. We we are body, soul, and spirit. So there isn't one right answer for every single malady. Okay, that's beautiful. Well, I um I really appreciate you sharing, and um, I think. Um, I used up some of your time, and so oh, we're good. gonna we're gonna wrap up. Um, what what would you like to say to us as a family in light of this, in light of what we're talking about? What would be a final kind of a final word for us? I would like to say that Sozo has given me so much freedom, and so much peace, and so much joy. Um, it has taught me to be. To, to really receive the closeness that God has for us. You, you read the scripture earlier about God is in us and we are in him. And, he, and Jesus is in the Father and the Holy Spirit in us. You know, all that family. Um, that's something that he wants for us. And I just have, I have just grown so much more secure and confident in knowing that he's with me at all times. And it's because of those lies that have been, that I've been able to replace with truth. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanna invite everyone that I love and everyone in, in, this, in this body, because I love all of you, just because I, I love to minister to people, and um, so does my Sozo team. And um, so I would like to invite everyone to have a Sozo at some point and come and see if there are things that you can trade for, trade up. <laughs> um, also, not every Sozo is a deliverance. So signing up for Sozo is not signing up for deliverance. We're just sharing Sozo because it fits so well with deliverance and um, if that is something that comes up, right. then it, it facilitates it very well. Um, so yeah, and also just a reminder too that having a Sozo session doesn't mean that you're diving into things that you're not ready to dive into. It's led by you, it's directed by you. We don't, we don't bring up anything that, um, we don't read your mind or read your mail. It's, it's your time with the Lord. So we just walk you through according to what you bring in that you wanna work on with the Lord. So I just want to assure anybody who feels nervous about that, that that's, that's not true. That's a misnomer. <laughs> right on. And so just welcome um, anybody who's feeling a stirring to have a session. I like to call it a date with God, and we're just there facilitating. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, would you pray over us as a family? And then uh, yeah. we'll invite, after Autumn Praise, we'll invite uh, the prayer and servant team to come. And we'd love to continue to pray with you guys and agree with what God's doing in your life and in your spheres of ministry and influence. So. Yeah, yeah. God, I just thank you so much um, that you always have more for us, that you are always wanting to draw us closer and closer to yourself, and that your heart is to remove anything that's in the way of us having that relationship with you. And I just thank you that you have given us tools or steps to do that. And I just pray for anybody now who's feeling stirred, um, to be able to cast aside any nerves or fear and to just check it out and receive, receive more from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you want to sign up for a Sozo, you can, you can see Autumn. You can go to ChristCenter.com on the website, and there's a tab. You can click on that. You can go right into the office, and we can set up an appointment for you there. We really want to serve everybody in this area. I, I have a ministry time with the Sozo team at least once a year and sometimes twice because it's just such an incredible space <clears throat> to meet with the Lord and to receive healing and empowerment and encouragement. So. God bless you guys. We have the prayer people come up. God bless you guys and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you favor and peace. Love you guys.